Hello everyone and welcome to the Arsenal Way and yes we are back at you with another Press Box episode ahead of the game against Southampton and it would not be right if I did not have Kaya Kainak next to me before the show. Kaya, how are you? Hey, I'm good, thank you. Um, yeah, it's, it's not been a great time for Arsenal over the past two games so hoping that they can raise spirits um, in what's promising to be a very important match on Saturday. Absolutely and uh, we need to f- kind of kind of get off the Everton cobwebs and focus on the game against Southampton. It is a game we should be able to win, isn't it, Kyle? Should. You could have said that about Man United, you could have said that about Everton. They were both games Arsenal probably should have won, but um, it's difficult to know what kind of Arsenal's going to turn up at the minute. They all seem they seem so low on confidence. It's quite worrying how quickly that's happened, just in terms of they had that 10-match unbeaten run. And it's taken a space of two defeats for the team to look completely bereft of confidence, and that's worrying. I guess it's to be expected when they're a young team, but Listen, Southampton, I think they've got good players and I really like Ralph Harsin as a manager, but they're not a team who Arsenal should really be having any trouble beating at home. If they can't beat Southampton at home, then I think quite rightly people will start to get very worried and concerned, especially when you consider the next game after that is West Ham, which is so crucial. So it's a really important match for Arsenal if they want to think about top four and it's one they, they really should be winning. Absolutely, I completely agree with you. And I think the last two games, they have been away from home, have been at tough grounds, but now we have the Emirates crowd behind us. Is that going to be a major positive for us, Kaya? If we was going to St Mary's, where it is, they're almost our bogey team at that stadium, don't you agree? But at the Emirates, it should be much calmer, should you say? Arsenal have got a lot of bogey teams at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be a bogey team as well. So, um, yeah, it should help. It depends, really. I think if the team play as poorly as they did against Everton, then I, I don't think the Arsenal fans will put up for it too much longer. I think people are, are quite fair when Arsenal play um, sort of younger players and when it seems like the players are sort of trying to play attacking football and there's a clear plan. But when there's no plan and when you're sort of seeing the same guys come back into the starting lineup, we'll talk about the starting lineup in a little bit. So I don't want to go too much into that. But um, I think people see those excuses that Arteta had earlier when things weren't quite working. I think people are quite fair about it, but I don't think those excuses apply anymore. I think he's got a fully fit squad and it's up to him to make the right decisions. And in the past couple of games, I don't think he has done. So it'll be interesting to see whether the Emirates does sort of stick with him. So far they have all season and I'd be surprised if it turned toxic on Saturday, but who knows if they lose to Southampton, then I wouldn't be surprised to hear a lot of booze ringing around. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I think the last few games, even our wins against Newcastle and against Watford, they've been tough wins. They haven't been clear by having by clear margins. We haven't really dominated the game. And is the game against Southampton due to our previous defeats against Everton and Manchester United now? Do we need to have a convincing win or isn't it is it acceptable to once again just about get over the line? I think Arsenal would like a convincing win full stop at any point. I can't I can't really think. I mean, the Newcastle game was a convincing win, but in terms of mm. scoreline, Arsenal would, would love any sort of convincing win. I, I don't think that Arsenal as a team have really um, put aside teams that you'd expect them to beat comfortably. Um, they don't score many goals. I think it's 18 goals in 15 games. And so, yeah, I think a win that's convincing would be fantastic to, to rebuild confidence, to get the mood around the place high. But I think... At the minute, what Arsenal needs is just getting points on the board. It's a really congested type time of the season, and if you're if you're dropping points, you can you can fall away quite quickly. So we've seen in the space of two games, Arsenal have gone from potentially in the top four to quite a way off it now. So there's lots of teams in and around those spaces, and Arsenal will want to want to be picking up points because if they if they keep dropping them, then yeah, it's, it's going to be a bit of a problem for them. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you did touch on the starting lineup briefly earlier on the show, but let's talk about that now. And I think we should start with one player who we dearly missed in the game against Everton. That's Emil Smith Rowe. Now, I believe he trained today, if that's right, uh, Kyle. 
How important would his inclusion be against Southampton? Yeah, that's correct. He did train today. Um, I'm pretty sure he trained yesterday. I think there, there were reports saying that he trained yesterday, and I'm pretty sure um, from what I've heard, he was involved yesterday. If not, maybe not full training, but yeah, he's trained today. Um, Mikel Arteta in his press conference seemed to imply that he should hopefully be available. Obviously, you want players fully fit, but this time of the season, it's rare that you'll get anyone fully fit. Um, lots of teams are struggling with injuries right now, and Arsenal are no different. So, yeah, having him back in the team is big. I think he combines quite nicely with Kieran Tierney. I, I didn't think the Kieran Tierney-Gabriel Martinelli partnership worked that well on Monday, just because Alice Lacazette was coming over to the left a lot, and that whole side of the pitch confused me. So, um, yeah, I think Smith rowe is someone who combines with players around him so well. He makes other players look better, and he also offers quite an important dribbling threat in behind. We know Southampton aren't necessarily a team who are going to sit back and defend the whole time. They're going to try and press Arsenal. And I think the Millsmith row is, as Arsenal players go, one of the more press-resistant players the team have got in the side who play every week. So, yeah, he could be really important for Arsenal in terms of um, beating the Southampton side. And if Arsenal aren't scoring many goals, one of the few players who has this season is Emil smith Rowe. So his return to the side will be very important. I think everyone's quite happy that it's not a more serious injury than just one game missing because I think when we saw he was omitted from the squad entirely on Monday, we were a bit worried. We weren't quite sure what the injury was, but thankfully it seems like he's okay and hopefully he'll be able to start on Saturday. Yeah, hopefully he is. It's been crucial for us this season. Yes, you mentioned the game against Watford, got the winning goal. Game against Tottenham as well. He was also crucial in that North London derby victory. But he did touch on the left-hand side, Kyle, and I want to stick there just for now. Of course, Kieran Tini came back into the side. However, Nuno Tavares has done excellent at home when we're playing against the smaller side, would you like to say? So is there a case to bring Tavares back in or should now do we stick with Kieran Tierney? So I personally am a massive fan of Kieran Tierney. I think um, a lot of Arsenal fans maybe forgot how good he was last season quite quickly with um, Tavares' performances. And I've never quite been won over by Tavares in the way that I think everyone else has. I think lots of people got very excited about him because he played well against Aston Villa. And I think that's right. He did play really well. But for me, um, he makes a lot of defensive mistakes. I don't think he's as solid as he could be on the ball. And I think when Arsenal get into the final third, yes, he's direct. Um, but in terms of delivery, sometimes he can be found a bit wanting. Um, so for me, it'd be Kieran Tierney. For me, it has been Kieran Tierney ever since the Liverpool game. I would have picked him in every single game since then. But I don't think Nuno Tavares is a bad player, and I think it's a fantastic addition to the squad to make him, to make sorry Kieran Tierney a more, um, I guess, fighting for his place a little bit more instead of just being comfortable in the fact he's going to start every game. So that's important. But yeah, I think Kieran Tierney. He came off after an hour against Everton, so maybe he won't be fully fit to complete the match. But if he is, then definitely for me, he has to be. He has to be playing. Yeah, I agree. I think if Tieran Finney, if Tieran Finney, so Kieran Tierney is fit, then he must play. The only thing I'm worried about is that we do have West Ham midweek and Kieran Tierney coming back from injury. I don't know if he will be fit enough to play the night in both games. Do we have to decide one or the other? But I'd like to start him in a Southampton game just to get his minutes going, just to get him bouncing again. So I agree with you on that one. But Kaya, now the midfield, Thomas Partey, he came out after the Manchester United game and said, four out of 10 performance, I need to do better comes to the Everton game, plays alongside Granit Xhaka, so he has to experience midfielder against him. And once again, he was arguably one of the worst players on the pitch because he lost the most jewels in the whole match. Does Thomas Partey need to keep his place? How do we get his form back, Kyle? It's a good question. Um, I don't think Arsenal will drop him just because the strength and depth in midfield isn't the best. And maybe you talk about, I guess, that West Ham game being so soon after, maybe Lukonga will be brought back into the sides, play alongside Xhaka. I wonder if, if Xhaka will will start again. He played the whole 90 on Monday and when he'd been out for as long as he was, he really was tiring as the game went on. You could see that. So 
maybe he won't be started. I'm not sure, although Mikel Arteta seems to start Granit Xhaka every single game. So uh, you would assume he'll be in there. I, how does Party get his confidence back? I don't know. Um, I really felt like Old Trafford was going to be a turning point from him in the way that he sort of came out, did the interviews, was quite keen to do press interviews in midweek and come out and say uh, to Sky and to everyone who was, who was speaking to that, look, I've not been good enough so far. I need to get better. And I think that's really nice to hear from players when they're, they're honest and quite sort of willing to be uh, self-critical because that's the only way you tend to get better. And what I would say is confidence is high from is not high from him. And the fact that he's giving himself a four out of 10 suggests that he's really not uh, happy with himself right now. So hopefully he can find his way back. I think it would just take one good game for him, but just something needs to go right. It's just little things that, that need to go right. And then suddenly you start feeling yourself a little bit more as a player, especially in that midfield. It's so important for a team who are going to press like Southampton to have players who are able to, to play around it, to, to get the ball forward quickly. Thomas Partey is that. He was that at the start of his Arsenal career. He's not that at the minute just because he's so low on confidence. His passes are going sideways and backwards instead of forwards. And we all know he can do so much better. So hopefully that will that will change pretty soon. Um, Granit Xhaka's return could be helpful for that, but um, I think he needs to he needs to try and sort it out himself. Maybe have a word with sports psychologists or something like that. But um, yeah, it's really important that he he gets back to um, back to full confidence uh, quicker uh, sooner rather than later. Sorry. Absolutely. Speaking to someone who has worked before, other players have done it and it has worked. Um, it hasn't been easy for Thomas Pye, especially the games we have had, because Old Trafford is never an easy place to go to. And then going to Goodison Park, everything are going to be on you. The stadium's bouncing and that is not an easy game intensity-wise. So it wasn't the greatest of a party, but maybe the game against Southampton will just ease the pressure a little bit. You have more time on the ball and it'll be easier for him. But Kaya, another midfielder who was under scrutiny a little bit was Martin Erdegaard. Now, in the game against Everton, of course, he scored the excellent goal. And even in the game against Manchester United, is he starting to prove Delta's wrong? And is he a certainty for the game against Southampton as well? I'd be really surprised if he didn't start. Um... I don't think he did quite enough to, to prove that was wrong. I actually had uh, quite an interesting exchange with some Norwegian fans who were sort of quite upset with the fact I gave him a 6 out of 10 on Monday against Everton. In retrospect, that was probably a little bit harsh, but um, I just felt that he wasn't he didn't take as many chances as he could have done. Um, if you look at the fact that Arsenal were struggling to control possession, you look at players like Odegaard, who are the most technically gifted in the team, and you sort of wonder... Maybe is that because of why? Maybe is he not playing to the best of his abilities? I thought he was better against Everton. I'd argue he was one of the best players on the pitch. I thought him, Tierney and Martinelli were among the best players on the pitch. So I think he's definitely improving. I think he'll he'll get better, especially against Southampton. Um, I think that's the kind of side where if he's on his game, he can really sort of expose the fact that they're going to press quite high and there will be spaces in behind their team. And a player like Martin Odegaard is going to be needed for that. So, yeah, I think... He is starting to prove doubters wrong. I don't know whether he's quite fully proven wrong. I personally don't really have that many doubts over him. I think he's a fantastic player who will come good, but I know a lot of people do. I know a lot of people wanted James Madison. I know you guys on the fan, uh, fan brand side of things have spoken about that quite a lot. So I think Odegaard will, will, will come good. I think he was the correct signing to make, and I think he'll, Arteta and Eddie will be proved right on that front. And yeah, he, he should start on um, Saturday. As, as far as we've heard, there's, there's no, no reasons to suggest that he wouldn't. So... Hopefully, he'll be able to make it three goals in three because I think Arsenal need that right now. Uh, 
absolutely. And we signed him for games like Southampton where we are expected to have the ball, we are expected to win the game and he's going to be the, going to be the one to create the chances and break between the lines, hopefully. But Kai, I think the most unpredictable thing about Arsenal's lineup this week will be, does Arteta go for Lacazette or does he go for Aubameyang or does he go for both in a game like Southampton? What do you think? For me, it's pretty predictable because I think Lacazette was so bad on Monday, you can't justify playing mm. him again. He was... Really poor. I think obviously the system didn't really help him. I think the ball wasn't played forward quickly enough for him to really, um, I guess, have too much of a threat against Everton's defence. But um, he was really disappointing, hardly got in the penalty box. I know he likes to come deeper, but in terms of when you come deep, you need to have that mobility to get forward, particularly when you're playing up front on your own in the way that Arsenal play. So Lacazette, for me, I don't think he works as a striker on his own. I think Erdgaard will play because he's in form, which means that probably Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has to play up front. Um, he himself isn't in the best of form and missed a really good chance on Monday, although Arteta seemed to be quite clear that he's not going anywhere and that the two still have a good relationship, despite Eddie and Ketia coming on ahead of him. I mean, a curveball could be he starts in Ketia. I think that would be an incorrect decision. I don't think he'll do it. But um, he seems to like Eddie Nketiah and um, who knows. But I, I don't think it will happen. I think Aubameyang will start front, although maybe even Martinelli would be a better call. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I think Aubameyang will start, especially over Lacazette, who I think doesn't really have much of a chance of getting that starting eleven after such a poor performance against Everton. Yeah, we'll touch on Nketiah shortly for sure. Just to, But I feel like before we do move on, we need to speak about a forgotten man at Arsenal, and that's Nicola Pepe. Now, of course, in the game against Everton, Martinelli was injured. The left-wing position was there for Pepe to come on. He'd done very well there last season in the game against Villarreal. I must pick out everyone was expecting Pepe or Bayern to come on, but it was Enketio. And you could see Pepe's face in the background, not looking too pleased about that decision. Now, Kyle, we struggled. We needed a player. I feel like in the game against Everton, we needed a player like Pepe just to come on. He can sometimes, he can grab a game by the scruff of your neck. You don't know what you're going to get from him or he can do the complete opposite. Now, after that game, is there a chance for Pepe to how can he break into the squad somehow? <laughs> Good question. I'm not really sure what he's done wrong. Um, I'd love to know. We, I tried to ask um, uh, Mikel Arteta about it on Monday in the press conference, but unfortunately we had some sound issues, so I couldn't actually hear what he was saying. So I couldn't really um, press him on it. I'd, I'd have loved to have asked him then. But um, yeah, something's clearly happened because he was in the first team for the whole of the start of the season and... Eddie Nketiah was available for most of it. And now, um, and Gabriel Martinelli was available for most of it, but Pepe was ahead of them in the pecking order. So something's happened. Um, I'm not sure what. I think it might be maybe he's not really putting in the application on training ground. That seemed to be what Arteta implied on Monday. I would argue that just in terms of the message you're sending to the rest of the squad, um, that someone who you've invested a lot of money in isn't going to get chances, whereas someone who said they don't want to be part of the project anymore is. I don't think that's a very good look. Um, for Arteta and listen I thought Nketiah was actually pretty good when he came on he obviously missed that massive yeah. chance but he created a couple of other chances and he was he was decent on Monday but would Pepe have done more potentially um, would Aubameyang have done more or would he have taken that chance if he'd come on earlier I guess we'll never know but I'd, I'd argue he had a good chance um, I just don't think that it's it's um, it's a, a wise decision when you're struggling for goals to be uh dropping someone who I think Pepe was the second top scorer last season, maybe third yeah. top, but they were all they were all 15 goals plus of Damian Lacazette and Pepe. So he's someone who definitely can get goals. And when Arsenal need goals, it seems to make sense to play a player like him, even, even if um, things aren't quite going right in the training ground. I just think that 
because short-term needs are more important right now and goals are needed. And I think, yeah, Nicola Pepe is a player capable of getting those. So hopefully he'll be given a chance on uh, Saturday. Absolutely. I think he deserves it. Now, I think we've been perform- we haven't been performing without him in the side. So now I think it is time to maybe reintegrate him into the team. But another player who is known for his goals, Kaya, is Enketia. And Arteta said in his press conference today that he wants Arke- uh, he wants Enketia to stay, to stay. Sorry, he wants him to be at the club and he wants him to sign a new contract. Kaya, why is Arteta so insistent on making sure Enketia stays at the club? What is it about him? I think he likes the way he, he works in the training ground. Um Arteta seems to put a lot of stock in um, how players, players perform on the pitch at London Colney. So Nketiah seems to be applying himself well by all reports. Um, Arteta seems to be saying that every time we hear from him. So I guess that's why he wants him so much. Um, maybe he's also thinking about Aubameyang and Lacazette are going to leave. Um, Balogun's probably not quite ready yet. No, sorry, Aubameyang won't leave for, until up for a little while, but Lacazette will probably leave at the end of the summer. I should probably just say that before those words get taken out of context. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I, I think maybe he's thinking a bit longer term. Maybe he's also thinking about the fact that Eddie Nketiah is England's under-21 record goal scorer and if Arsenal time down to a longer-term contract, they can get probably quite a bit of money for him And as opposed to losing him for what will be a tribunal now. Then speaking of that tribunal, there's also a theory among some fans that sort of Arsenal are offering him a contract so that they can say when it comes to it at the end of the season that, look, we offered him money, we value him this highly, so you have to pay us this in terms of uh, a tribunal uh, fee if he does go to another club on a free transfer. So maybe that's the thought process behind it. But I would argue that it's just it's the training. That's what matters most to Mikel Arteta. I don't think that's a wise decision. I think um, Aubameyang, Lacazette, Martinelli, Balogun are arguably all better options than Eddie Nketiah. Um, I don't think he's a terrible player by any, any stretch of the imagination, but I don't think he's quite at the level of Arsenal. And I don't think he's what Arsenal needs. And I think he quite rightly wants to move on and get some more regular game time. And I think that'll be good for him. So it's, it suits all parties for him to go. I just think it's strange that he's being used so much right now when he's not part of the future and players like Balogun are playing so well for them. 23s, Martinelli's doing such a good job. And obviously, Bamiya and Lacazette aren't um, scoring right now, but they've got proven goal-scoring pedigree, whereas I don't think Eddie Nketiah does at senior level. So, yeah, it's just it's a strange situation. Um, but in answer to your question, why Altessa likes Nketiah so much, I think it's just training grounds, just what he's yeah. doing there. Um, and it seems to be that's what... Nicholas Pepe isn't doing so that seems to be the the, the key decider and why Eddie's getting so many minutes at the minute. Yeah, absolutely, and you did mention you did mention Balogun there. And Kaya, how do you think Balogun should react to this? Because I think when he signed a new contract, all us Arsenal fans thought, okay, Balogun is the future now, and Keto, this means Eketo is going and Balogun. We're going to focus on Balogun. However, I feel like it's been the complete opposite. Balogun hasn't been given chances, and now Arteta is insistent on getting Keto staying. And it was almost like a competition between the two. But should Balogun look at this like, okay, I'm going to fight hard, or should he be a bit disheartened by the decision by Arteta? He wanted to renew Keto's contract. No, I don't think he should be too disheartened. I think the fact we don't know whether what Arteta is saying is, we don't know whether it's sort of performance for the press, whether he genuinely does want Nketiah to stay, whether he's trying to just convince him for value, like all those reasons we were just talking about. So I don't think Balogun should be too worried about that. I think he should just be um, focused on trying to get himself a really good loan move in January. Um, we heard from, or I heard from Permar Saka on Tuesday, and he said that Balogun's likely to go out on loan in January. Chris Wheatley our colleague has done some great reporting saying that San Etienne and a few clubs in the championship are interested in him. So plenty of options for him. I think the best thing for him to do is just keep scoring for the under-23s and then head out on loan in January, arguably as early as possible, well, preferably, sorry, as early as possible so he can get as many games under his belt. And if he proves that he can do it at championship level, then he'll be able to come back to Arsenal next summer um, and just say, look, I, I think I deserve a better place in the squad. And with Lacazette likely to leave and Ketia 
also likely to leave, then that would be justifiable. And I think it would be sort of him, Aubameyang, Martinelli, those centre-forward options, potentially someone else coming in. Club looking at Calvert-Lewin seems to be the reports going around. Um, so, yeah, I think he just needs to, to focus on what he's doing and not be too worried about Nketiah right now. I think Balogun's a really good player. And I'm hoping that when he does go alone in January, that he'll be able to, to prove that senior level because he's a quality, quality youngster. Of course, of course. And we mentioned Aubameyang briefly earlier in the show, but... Aubameyang was spoken about in the press conference. Of course, Arteta did deny Aubameyang leaving in January. That's not possible. But his stance, like compared to Nketiah, wasn't as strong. He wasn't absolutely determined in backing Aubameyang. And is that quite telling, Kaya? Is that showing that maybe Arteta is possibly starting to lose faith in Aubameyang and maybe a striker is an absolute option and Aubameyang is not the focal point of that? Um, I wouldn't say so. I don't think uh, Arteta is really totally losing faith in the Bamyang. Listen, he's the one who offered him that massive contract extension. That was, Arteta was pushing for that very hard. Obviously, Bamyang was playing fantastically at the time. He's not really played as well since. I'm not saying there's a correlation there because I don't think it is. I don't think it's the same as the Mesut Ozil situation at all. But um, has he, has he, is he losing faith? I don't think so. I think um, Bamyang will play most games this season. Look, he, he was dropped on Monday because I think they need to send a message to him. That, look, he's not playing well enough. He's not taking chances and they wanted to put someone else in there, give him a go. Abamia will come back in now. Hopefully, he'll be able to sort of restore his confidence. He's always been a player who's quite good at compartmentalizing bad moments and just sort of moving aside. I think back to his first season uh, at the club. Sorry, his second season at the club. You know, Emery's first season at the club where he missed a penalty against Spurs and then the next mm-hmm. game bounced back to score one against United. So he's that kind of player. He's capable of bouncing back from um, sort of bad moments. And yeah, I'm hoping he'll start on Saturday because I think he's the best striker Arsenal have got. And I think if the team start playing to his strengths a little bit more in terms of trying to use him in behind, um, trying to sort of get him in the box, just playing a little bit higher up the pitch instead of being so deep, I think he'll really start to benefit and get more chances. And with a player like Aubameyang, when he gets more chances, it's a matter of time before he scores more goals. Absolutely. And last season, Kyle, against Southampton, it was a time where Aubameyang also broke his duck. He couldn't, he was struggling for form, but in the game against Southampton came, it was a draw, albeit, but we've got Aubameyang on a scoring sheet again. It's the game against Southampton this Saturday, the perfect time just to get Aubameyang up and running again for this season. Yeah, I remember that game well. It was actually my first game in person covering a match for Football.London because of the pandemic being the way it was. I managed to get to go to that one. But um, yeah, Aubameyang is a player who I think is who can score goals and um, the drought isn't as bad as it was back then. I think it's only mm. what, six games now and his record actually this season before that was pretty decent. So he's a player who can score goals. Um, hopefully he'll start scoring again because he's had chances in the past few games and if he keeps getting more and more and more chances, I, I think personally it's a matter of time before he, he gets back on track and hopefully Southampton will prove to be a lucky team for him yet again. Absolutely. And just the last two questions here, Kaya. What does Arsenal need to do differently from what they've done against Everton to hopefully get the three points against Southampton? How long have you got? I think we could do a whole other podcast on that. <laughs> but, um, not play sideways so much, take risks on the ball, play quickly, not take so many touches in the midfield, get it up to the strikers more, play in the opposition half, not be afraid of the opposition, not let them come onto them, uh, try and control possession. These are just things off the top of my head. I could probably keep going. Score chances. When they yeah. come along, uh, not be so passive, not give up after they take the lead, if they do take the lead. And uh, yeah, most importantly of all, I think just just play with a bit more confidence because Arsenal are a team who comfortably should be beating Southampton. And there, there really shouldn't be any question over this. They've got a really good, Arsenal have got a really good defence right now. The midfield is pretty decent as well. And this forward line's got great players in it. So 
if the team is able to play in the opposition half with a little bit more confidence, a little bit more strength, particularly given they're at home, they should have that anyway. So hopefully things will, will get better on Saturday. And I think, yeah, all of those things um, I mentioned, there's quite a long list, but I think they, they can all be improved on. And they, they seem like things that can be fixed relatively quickly. Um, so hopefully Mikel Arteta is able to, to sort those issues sooner rather than later. Yeah, I'm sure if your list is ticked off, Arsenal will get three points. I'm certain of that. <laughs> but just before you go, of course, you have to do the usual, your score prediction for the game. Optimistic or no? Uh, it's a hard one because I have just been saying how Arsenal seem to have all the, the raw materials to go out there and beat Southampton comfortably. But I, if I said I was optimistic that it's definitely going to happen, I'd be lying. Um, they don't seem to be a team who scored too many goals at the minute. Um, they seem to be struggling for confidence. So... Let's go uh, 1-0 to the Arsenal. I think it'd be quite an edgy game, um, but I'm, I'm hoping that I'm wrong. I'm hoping that they score a few more than just the one because I think there's 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 goals there against a team like Southampton. If Arsenal play well, um, they should win that game and hopefully win it comfortably. Yeah, I'm, agree- I'm agreeing with you. I think we're going to keep a clean sheet as well. I'm going to go for a 2-0. Though. I think we're going to get just more goal- one more goal than one, I think, or Bamming will get yes, back right. on the score sheet. But hopefully I'm right. Hopefully you're right. So as long we'll as we're going to win, that's, that. yeah, that's, that's what we need. But uh, that is the end of the show. Kaya, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on. Of course. And if you want to see more content and hear more from Kaya, make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at KayaKayak97. Also, if you want to hear from me, at BaileyKill underscore. But more importantly, make sure you subscribe to the channel, guys, because there will be more Pressbox episodes coming shortly. But more importantly, make sure you subscribe and keep following us down the Arsenal way.